This is Coda Radio, episode 161 for July 5th, 2015. And welcome to Coda Radio, Jupiter Broadcasting's weekly talk show, taking a pragmatic look at the art and business of software development and related technologies. This episode is brought to you by our two fine sponsors, DigitalOcean and Linux Academy. I'll tell you more about those great sponsors as this here show goes on. My name is Chris, and joining us every single week, rain, sun, or heart attack. Why, yes, folks, it is our host established on the East Coast. It is Mr. Michael Dominic. Hey there, Mike. That's right, Chris. And in fact, I'd like to be introduced as the most dedicated host from yeah. now on. I don't know how I don't know how anybody can beat you now. You you have you got that's got to be the record. I, I mean, mean, I mean, that's the title right there. Yeah, that, that's just it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, for those of you who were wondering, as of episode one hundred and sixty-one, uh, uh, although I mean, like you would think, I, I would have given it to Alan by by default because I mean, the man's made it made it for like. Yeah. For you know, so hundreds I, I of episodes shows. in a row, I do miss shows. So Alan's got me on that. Yeah, but the one thing yeah. that you can't the one the one thing unless Alan's really committed, I don't think he's going to have a heart attack and then show up and do a show. I don't think he is. I mean, Alan maybe right now like mainlining espresso since he heard that he could try. Like, oh, you want to bet? Yeah, Boom. Uh, yeah. But see, you got that East Coast like you just like you have it like you have the home turf advantage. This is your bag. This is what you guys do. You got Listen, this. I wanted my MacBook in the hospital bed. <laughs> All right, so for those of you who don't follow you on Twitter, what the hell happened? Well, uh, so I was sitting on my back porch, and a ninja with a GNU t-shirt... No, I, I won't joke. Uh, I, I straight up couldn't breathe, took a heart attack. I mean, it's that simple. <sighs> Work Literally stress? I mean, what do you figure? What happened? Uh, they said the main cause in someone my age is would be aggravation. Yeah. So stress, right? Yeah. Which... Uh, yeah, so I blame you people for it, really. Yeah, I mean, that makes sense, really. It's probably nothing... You probably don't want to uh, reflect on yourself and your lifestyle. It's probably better to blame everybody, especially I, faceless people on the internet. That's probably your safest... I, I, I'm from the East Coast, so we work, like, 70 hours a week. Yeah, yeah, that's normal. So that, that can't be the cause, no. right? Yeah, it's normal. Body's built uh, for that. Oh, like, so you were in the hospital, I mean, all of this, like... Uh, all of As of, like, yesterday was, or 18 I, hours ago, right? Yeah, I was there for, for two and a half days, basically. Not a long stay, but it feels long when you're basically can't do anything. And uh, does this bring you to a place of reflection, or what do you do after a... I think if a I had a heart bit. attack, I think if I had a heart attack, I would probably be feeling like maybe it's time to take a little time off work or something. So I am, right? And in fact, I, I've been straight up ordered by a doctor to take time off. Hmm. Like, give this to the state and take time off. Like, just don't work um that's all weird when you're self-employed because it's not quite as easy as hey boss i got the note from the doctor but you're still going to direct deposit my paycheck right so i do have some complications there that i'm gonna have to find a way to deal with but yeah i mean although i'm already bored chris it's monday and i'm like <laughs> i noticed you're you're on twitter uh, harassing me look what yeah. chris Elias did uh, to me <laughs> Yeah, well, if anyone wants to see, I put up a. They ha- they couldn't find veins, so they did oh. my wrist, the top of my knuckles, oh. the joints in my arms. Yeah, they did everything, and they would rotate them every like, every couple hours. Oh, jeez, you are! Oh my gosh! Oh my! I did gosh. a cat scan, a dog scan, an EKG, the whole, the whole, the whole kit and caboodle. You know, I was going to come on the show today, and I was going to tell you uh, uh, about my big failure, but I just feel like it's such a first world problem compared to a heart attack. <laughs> well. I think there's a lesson here, and that's the only reason I'm sharing it, other than the ulterior reason of trying to softly encourage people not to call me this week. <laughs> Just guys catch that. Um, I don't just take a day off, man. Like it's just not worth it. Like even from like a pure productivity perspective, I could have taken like two days off at any point. This wouldn't have happened, and I would be able to work all this week at a maintainable pace, right? Like, whereas now, I mean, I, I, I know I sound fine. I'm, I'm making an effort to be upbeat and sound good. I feel like crap, right? I, I feel like you took dog shit, microwaved it, took some cat piss, put it in there, oh, steamed it. It's no good. Yeah, uh... so 
Good luck with that one on iTunes, Chris. Hello, yeah. everybody. <laughs> Speaking of Barry. Yeah. So Obamacare is great until they don't cover you. <laughs> are you serious? This, wait, uh, you tell me you went out of a heart attack. That's like, that's got to be like one of the top three things people go in America for. What are you telling me? You don't, I, heart attacks aren't covered by Obamacare? Apparently there was something wrong with my like tax information. So they were like, no, we're denying the claim. So guys so, got to make sure. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So, you, have you been paying? Time. Have you been paying for your, your uh, medical? Yeah, pay, pay, pay. I mean, it's, good, it's good. one of those things. They'll yeah. eventually cover. Yeah. 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 I well. It's just uh, funny how I paid. This... Uh, I paid all year last year. I never went in a single day because, well, when the hell would I go in? I mean, well, like, that's me. I never go to the doctor, but when I go, oh, yeah. I go. <laughs> yeah. I hope that's not me. I hope that is not me. Uh, Huh. That's so. Uh, so, what's your plan? Just gonna keep you gonna uh, take it easy for a couple of days, uh, or a couple of I weeks, mean, or a month, or what's your? What do you do now? So, I, I am absolutely positively ordered not to work this week. Um, I will probably break that order a little to do things like, hey, you owe me money, send an invoice, stuff like that. But because people do that to me, so you know how that goes. Mm. I don't foresee myself doing really anything this week. Um. You know, it's hard, right? Because it, it might seem like a silly order. Don't work for at least a week. Oh, I'll be fine. But I have literally just proven that I won't be fine. Like, like pretty much. You know, anybody who knows anything, my heart rate was up to 235 beats per minute, which is roughly triple what you're supposed to be at. Yeah. So you really, really can't screw around with this. And I think the reason I'm talking about it is, particularly our audience has a bad habit of being stupid like me right clients angry work till 3 a.m actually clients angry just tell them to fuck themselves like really honestly you shouldn't be doing it at all ever that's that's my perspective yeah yeah because you know you don't hear about lawyers like overworking and taking a heart attack ever right because like mm, i leave at five Yeah, boy. Oh, yeah, yeah. I guess that's something you got to think about. Yes. Yeah, it's it's. So, Chris, don't die. You have lots of kids. <laughs> I do. Have, I have three, as a matter of fact. One of them's like, here at the studio right now, uh, playing Minecraft I'm while sure, I do a show. Sure, number four is <laughs> well on his way. Yeah. <laughs> uh, oh my god! I couldn't imagine. I could not imagine. I don't know what I would do. Uh, yeah, I right now I want to if if you know what you know what's the hardest thing about running your own business is the fact that you never ever have money. Uh, like uh, yep. like I mean like I could I I'm gonna I'm gonna be able to pay the power bill and I'm gonna be able to uh, you know uh, uh, we're gonna have a barbecue tomorrow which is super cool. I invited uh, people over to celebrate Linux Unplugged 100 Fantastic. to come to the studio, so I'm gonna barbecue some burgers and some hot dogs, and I was able to get all the stuff for that and some beer, and you know I can do things like that. That's 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 within my reach. But what I what I feel like. What I feel like would save me, what I feel like would 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 be the big thing for me to do would be to like seriously get an RV, put it up, put some recording equipment in it, and then just drive for a while and uh, talk to people along the way and just have a huge huge change of pace. I think part of my problem is, and maybe there's some sort of condition for this. I get I, every single thing in my life gets monotonous. Everything, anything I drink for a while, anything I eat for a while, people, everything, except for doing these shows, actually, now that I think about it. This is the only thing that doesn't get monotonous for me. But everything else, even the route I drive to the studio, I get bored with, and I'm desperate to change it. Does this happen to you? Does everything from the energy yeah, drinks yeah. and the beers to the cigar the, you smoke, it all gets boring? It all, it, 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 everything, yeah. it's like tea. I'm, I'm bad, though. It's like, oh... Mac is getting boring. Let me go look at a Linux laptop, yeah, sure, sure. right? Yeah, that's... Oh, Ubuntu's boring. Let me go get Arch. Like, it's it's ridiculous. And that's one of the fun things about Linux is that feels like you can always keep digging there. But, like, this this aspect, like, so now I'm just, like, I feel like I just, I don't know what to do other than have a big change of pace and get out there. And one of the things I want to do for years is do that. But, see, this is this is what's frustrating because if I worked for a company... I could rock the shit out of a proposal, man. I could put together a proposal. Like, if, it was, if this was the company's business, like, if, if I worked for another company that did this thing, oh, man, I could make the business case for this. I could make, I mean, hands down. And, and, but they would have to take care of the money, right? But see, in this scenario, I have to take care of the money, and it's just not there. It's not there, so I just have to sit here. 
and I see. My, so it feels like it feels like burnout after a while, when because it's fixing technical issues, it's all these little things about the job that just after a while burn you out. But the thing that kills me is like the you do a job, and then they don't pay you. Yeah. <laughs> now yeah. you've got to invest all of this energy. The reality is like. You could say, oh, but you, you got paid, right? It's just part of doing business. Yes, but you didn't get compensated for that additional effort. Do you know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. that, that additional, like, uh, or you, you know, you're, you're doing, you're swimming along and then, hey, it's, uh, it's a quarter or so taxes. Yeah. Oh. All right. Let's not talk about oh. stuff that's going to get your heart going. Cause we don't need to go there. Cause that, I, that's what dude, raises rating, my blood pressure. If I too. dropped on the, if I dropped on the air, the ratings would be unbelievable. That would be an amazing episode. I think we'd have to ship that. Would you be okay if we ship that? I mean, you know, uh, I got, I got to get paid out of it, but yeah. Oh, that's great. I love it. All right. Well, we'll make sure somebody alien, does. <laughs> you know that alien at the Phantom Menace, the, uh, the Todarian or whatever, the guy who's like, my tricks don't work on me. Only money. Yeah. 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 New Jersey's a state of those guys. <laughs> like, like that's where that's what we all are. It's like, hey, gonna pay? All right, great. Oh, you know, I just what we ought to do is you and I need a vacation. We ought to meet somewhere up in the uh, middle of the U.S. Like, uh, just the just a like oh, dab step in the middle, of, like uh, just like getting a diner somewhere and do an episode. <laughs> I go to Kansas. I keep talking about Kansas. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I had I wanted to, before we get into like all of the things. Uh, there's a topic we want to discuss today that uh, is close, near and dear to both Mr. Dominic and I. And this time we titled it. We're revisiting it with a vengeance because something new is broken. But before we get to all of that, um, I don't know what to make of this story about Microsoft. the The lead story is that uh, Microsoft is not going to support Silverlight in Edge, the new Microsoft browser. That's the headline. That wait, is that still around? Yeah. Silverlight? Well, so, have you seen Netflix? Yeah, yeah Netflix is still using it. Oh, that's right. Okay. Yeah, I know, right? But I think the bigger headline here, and maybe not too surprising, but I still think it's the bigger headline, is what actually is happening. Is Microsoft is killing off of is killing off ActiveX altogether in the browser, including Silverlight. ActiveX with 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 as of Edge is going to be dead. Um, I guess I need to back up here for a moment because some of you might not appreciate how big of a contender ActiveX was back in the day. Uh, For those of you out in the audience who never had to manage uh, a a network of computers that required ActiveX as a core part of their job, ActiveX was huge. When Microsoft introduced ActiveX, that brought functionality into web pages like we had never seen before. And a whole new generation of enterprise applications were written around effing ActiveX. And it is as brutal as it sounds. And it meant, it cemented Internet Explorer 6 into the enterprise for a very, very long time. And a lot of us felt it was the peak of Microsoft demonstrating to the world that they could tug the rest of the industry around by the nose. We're going to implement our browser, we're going to implement something that only works in our browser, and all of the important people are going to write software for it. It felt like a representation of Microsoft at its strongest and its worst. The way it could inflict Internet Explorer across most of the industry and across a bunch of the enterprise. And so for now, for Microsoft to be building its next generation product and not even include ActiveX, part of me gets a little verklempt. Really? Yeah, I mean, this is a, I think this is a bigger moment than people realize. This is like not just the world deciding ActiveX is dead and that Silverlight is dead, but this is Microsoft deciding that ActiveX and Silverlight is dead. And there was a period of time and a large group inside Microsoft that that thought the Silverlight was going to be the next great runtime. I know that sounds crazy. But people people thought Silverlight was going to be what the next generation of web applications would be built on top of. I'm just not that surprised. No, 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 no. And this needed to happen. Well, yeah, that's what I'm saying. This isn't shocking, right? Um, I, I, you know what, what, what it is? Expect? No, you know what it is? You know what it is? It's not shocking. No, you're right. It's not shocking. No, 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 no. No, what it is, is I'm looking for these, is there really a Sache Nadella effect? Because I'm a big skeptical. I'm a big skeptic. I, I don't believe that a company of, you know, 25, 50,000 people comes along, one guy comes in, and all of a sudden they have this whole new feeling about open source, this whole new feeling about the market, this whole everything. So I'm I'm always looking for signs, and that to me, them them being the ones to shut down ActiveX, I don't know. I, I, I find you don't you don't find that to be somewhat insightful into where they're at as a company. Uh, I mean, are you about to say that Sacha came in and like had a vendetta against ActiveX? No, I, 
I think I mean, it's a refocusing. It's just ActiveX is old and insecure and crappy, and it was time to retire it for everybody's benefit. Yeah, well, I agree with you. There. It, it just feels like it's time to retire it, right? Like you don't you don't run the same engine in a car. Like GM's not making Chevys with the engines <laughs> they used ten years ago. Like you just you just retire it. It has to be retired. It's too old. Yeah, uh, but uh, this was a product that was built when the Beast was at its best, and so the, okay, but, the but was so so was the Pentium Four. Are you, are you running a Pentium Four? No, 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 no. Right. It's not the same. It's not the same. That is not is the same. That? Okay, go ahead. Go no, ahead. no, 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 no. Here's the difference. One is an incremental. Uh, is, is no, they. I just. I can't even. They're apples and oranges. So ActiveX and Silverlight were going to be the next generation platform to enable web applications over the web. And it was Microsoft that was dominating this space with Internet Explorer. Like this was them saying, "Here's IE. Here's our ActiveX platform. And then when you want really fancy graphics and rich multimedia, here's Silverlight." And it was an expression of them, I believe, at their best strength, at their biggest moment in the market. And now I wait, feel wait, wait, like. Did you just say that ActiveX is Microsoft at their best? Well, uh, their best is in terms of domination of the market, not the best is in of technology. It's oh, a, okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. But don't you do, do you feel what I'm saying there? Like it's like um, it would be like I kind of feel I feel like it would be Apple shutting down QuickTime. I feel like it's that big. It's it's like if if. If you took something massive that was a core part of the company and a huge part, Active, dude, Active Directory, Active X, Active Every, uh, I mean, it was all, it was a huge part of this initiative. And I don't know, maybe I'll make it, I just, I think the reason why it's a big deal to me is I lived the, the invention of it, I lived the deployment of it, I lived all of the fallout of it, and I lived the total supremacy of Internet Explorer because of it, and then the fall of it, and then to watch the company that brought that to me, that made me live that, to watch them be the ones to to, to finally sunset it, it, it it does something for me. It it speaks to me in a warm spot that I, I can't I, I just I can't express unless maybe you've been there. It I, I to watch this monster finally come to an end to see ActiveX finally come to an end. I got to be honest, it does something for me in my special place. That's all I'm saying. Wow. Mm-hmm. So so this is kind of like the Berlin Wall fell for you. Like. Yeah, a little bit. This a little bit, a little bit. Of course, uh, for those of you out there that are still working with ActiveX uh, app-based applications, I feel for you. I feel for you. Mr. Dominic, uh, we got to get into our uh, big topic of the week this week. Uh, so first, I'm going to thank our first sponsor this week, and that's the great folks over at Linux Academy. Go to linuxacademy.com slash coders to get our awesome Coder Radio discount. I would love for you to just go try it for a little bit. There's a lot of different courses out there, a lot of different places you can take courses, different platforms for training. Uh, but uh, this is the one that's built by people who are truly passionate about the subject matter. They have a wide range of topics. So it's your essential Linux courseware, obviously. And this is great because they have seven-plus distributions you get to choose from. They automatically adjust the courseware to match those distributions. That's killer, right? And also that includes any of the virtual machines that spin up as part of the courseware. That gets you started with your Linux basics. But then they build on top of all of the great technology around that. So like, if you want to deep, deep dive into the Red Hat stuff, they've got the courseware you need to do that. If you want to deep dive into the Amazon Web Services platform, they've got all of the courseware you need to do that. Docker, virtualization, the LAMP stack, PHP, Perl, MySQL, backing up your system once you have an application deployed, Python, getting a job in the Linux market. They even have that stuff. And then the nice thing about Linux Academy is they match this all with live courseware that you can watch and ask questions from the instructors, a great active community, downloadable comprehensive study guides you can bring with you and listen to on the go, sort of like a podcast. And then when you're ready, you can go take the exams, and they'll help you all along the way. It's a really good courseware from people that truly love, live, eat, and breathe this stuff. you got Linux enthusiasts, open source advocates, programmers, educators. They all came together. They created the Linux Academy platform from scratch, and it, it is awesome. You go in there, you get breakdowns of exactly how long each section is going to take you, how long the courseware is going to last. You get progress reports. You can take reminders. And if you don't have a lot of time available, they even have custom learning plans where you can go there and set your amount of availability depending on, like, I'll have one hour available on a Monday. I got two hours available on a Tuesday. I got no time until Thursday. Give me another hour there, and then give me a couple hours on Friday or something like that. You know, whatever your schedule would be. You just go in there and tell it, and they'll custom generate courseware that matches that schedule. (laughs) They also have scenario-based Linux labs. So the courseware has you do something you'd actually do in production in a VPS. 
So that way when you go to actually work with this stuff in the real world, it's not your first time. And that kind of confidence is killer. That's really valuable. And you can get all of it for our, with our special discount. Go to linuxacademy.com slash coders. That's the Coder Radio discount, and it supports the Coder Radio program. I love it. Also, check out their nuggets. So if, you, uh, if you're in the middle, like when you're in between courseware and you've got just a little bit of time you want to invest in something, go to linuxacademy.com slash nuggets and check out these really great deep dives, anywhere from like a couple of minutes to an hour-long video or something like that. Building a firewall with IP tables, creating AWS bash uh, backup script. I mean, it goes across the board. It's all kinds of great stuff. So check it out, linuxacademy.com slash coders. It's a great resource for our audience. Linuxacademy.com slash coders. And a big thank you to Linux Academy for sponsoring the Coder Radio program. <clears throat> mm-hmm. Now, Mr. Dominic, this week you sent me a message and you said, all right, we're going to talk about something that's come up on the show before, but this time it's back with a vengeance. And uh, I'm skeptical, but I look at web apps these days, and I think the last time I made a hard stand on this show, I complained about their performance, about their integration with the operating system, and about how the fact that they just seem to change a lot without uh, any sort of control over the, uh, for the end user, for over the experience. And uh, I, I kind of got a lot of pushback from my stance on that, and we kind of kicked it around for a while and then never really revisited the topic again. So I wanted to open the floor up to you, Mr. Dominic, uh, on your take on web versus native. And when you say native, I'm kind of curious what you mean by, by native. Like when you say web, I'm thinking, okay, something rendered by a web browser, probably JavaScript. Yeah, so, but when you say so native, even, what are you thinking? Right, we can even be more specific. So uh, for native, I, I straight up mean like Swift and Java or okay. Objective-C. That was my assumption. The the uh, the web framework I'm talking about, and I'm bringing it up, and I'll throw it in the chat room. Mm, okay. It's called Ionic. Oh, okay. Now let me just toss this in here. Yeah, I'll grab a link. This yeah. so far has been the only now it's built on PhoneGap Cordova, that whole uh-huh. open source thing. Yeah. Um, it has performed better than most other ones I've tried. Oh. It uses Angular JS, um, which was a little bit of a interesting experience on mobile. Kind of makes sense, right? Are you familiar, Chris, with the whole Angular model of like very magical? You can have <laughs> yes. Like a, well, we've kind of talked yeah. about it a little bit before on the show yeah. too. Yeah, very. Yeah, a little magic heavy, a little scary. Yeah, a little that magic way. heavy, but but I like it, it worked. Um, I have a project, and I don't want to go too much into it, but it's pretty pretty image intensive, and it's of course the the app for our, our upcoming wedding. Um, I don't, you know, I have a prototype in Ionic that I've been doing. And I'm at that point where, okay, I've got the prototype, I've proofed it out, I have very basic UIs, you know, I need to make a choice. Do I go continue with Ionic, which would be faster, right, and let me hit uh, iOS and Android, or do I pivot, right, pivot, if anybody knows Jared, yep, to, you? oh, you got that one, huh? Do I pivot to native, which of course would, would then lead to a whole other decision set of hard choices, right? Mm-hmm. And I keep going back and forth and back and forth. And this is something you want to sell? Maybe with the possibility something you're building for yourself it with the intention is, of selling? It is yes. It is not a it is not a purchase app, but it is a, a it is meant to be commercial, yes. Okay. And and so uh, and help give me like the top like bullets. The main advantages the Ionic uh, framework is bringing you is what? Well, is- its biggest advantage is of any hybrid framework, it's giving you both platforms, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. which is you know particularly given recent events. Right, I'm trying to do things more efficiently and do less things or do fewer things. Yeah, but- man. I know. I know. I know. But. That statement and cross-platform are almost at polar yeah. opposites. What you're yeah. saying and trying to do, I just like they're, they're like right off the bat in Ionic. It, it honestly it feels a lot like the Xamarin experience, though not nearly as bad. In terms of the iOS experience was fantastic, the Android experience was a little janky. Mm-hmm. Like <laughs> none of my HTTP. Can you believe? Can you can you effing? believe after all this time we are still at this state it has not gotten better it has not gotten better it's like it just it gets better but the target constantly moves forward too right like it's always moving forward you know it's funny because this app isn't 
going to be using anything hugely new. Yeah, it seems like you could probably make it work either way. Yeah, I think I could. I, I think the problem is I'm worried about getting you know 90% of the way there and then hitting some performance wall when people actually start using it right. And there's really no easy cure for that if you go hybrid or if you go web. Right. Um, I mean, to their credit, Xamarin actually has a better solution for that problem, even though Xamarin Forms, to my knowledge, still doesn't work. Oh, how so? How does it not work? Say we no, no, about how, how is the solution better? Well, you can kind of drop to native, right? And, and, and get a little more performance. This is all JavaScript. <laughs> so, it's tempting, though, right? Cause, so, so, for anybody who, who hasn't had it yet make this... Uh, made this decision yet it's you know are you trading quicker performance for doing the work twice right you know i think i can't believe i'm gonna make this argument but i'm listening to so uh, i don't know how much you want to share on the use case of the application but i'm guessing it's something that's probably specific uh to to a wedding scenario and outside of that after the wedding's over the event's over probably not a lot of heavy usage of the app after that it's not a wedding thing, actually. I was making a joke, but oh, 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 yeah, okay. Because yeah. uh, um, actually, because actually, I because <laughs> I was going to make a joke, you know, with the new Supreme Court decision, that could be a real market. You might be, <laughs> yeah, it could be. I mean, that's, mm, there could be apps to be sold there, man. And you know, honestly, okay, I'm just, uh, just, I'm just going to give this idea out there, and I want somebody to make the app and then uh, give me a ten percent. Now, uh, make it thirty. Ah, uh, make it fifty percent. Uh, why don't? Why is there not a, an app? that uh, essentially live streams a wedding, like it combines everybody's phone to work together. All the pictures, collaborative, can be taken together. Right. Any video can be collaboratively streamed. It just seems like you would just need a local Wi-Fi network, and they could talk to each other over the LAN, and then you dedicate one phone or one tablet as the master device that collects all of it and sends it up. seems like it'd be a real... I don't think it would take a lot of work if you had a good UI to make a live, you know, to, to make a collaborative wedding coverage happen. Technology could, we could, you could disrupt the wedding photographer business, like Uber and the taxis. You know, I actually did try to do something in the wedding photography space. That is tough. The margins for photographers on your average wedding yeah, are yeah. not very high. No, I suppose I mean, there's, not. There's not a lot of room to play there. It's a super saturated market. Um, I mean, if you think about it, right? Who wouldn't like? Who wouldn't want to be an indie app developer? Who wouldn't want to be an indie photographer? Right? Like, yeah. So, uh, where, so what is your biggest hurdle here? Like, it seems to me, uh, it all it comes so, down to use case. So, if the user is going to so notice, at the, the end of the day, right? This app, I mean, it's more than this, but the biggest, most important thing is a big, effectively layout of images, right? But these images need to be high res, and they need to really be shown in their best light, which makes performance a top concern. Mm-hmm particularly scrolling performance, right? Ah, uh, okay. Okay. Hmm. Yeah. I almost feel like you you have battled this question for so long that you almost just need to do it and see how it goes. I think I'm going to do it only because I don't... So, like, this project, I don't know that I would get done on. So then there's the other problem, right? If I go native, which platform do I do first? And given the use case and the market for this... Uh, for this particular project it's almost certainly going to have to be uh have to be ios and then what about everything else right like when does android get out you know all those all those frankly obnoxious questions that come up hmm. i just noticed a huge dead pixel on my screen oh boy here you know yeah the more i think about this the more I'm, i'd be really curious to see how this goes because this feels like a, a battle that that runs deep within you. It goes in. It, it's deep. And uh, it's deep. I I it's normally I normally would sit here and I would normally be the guy that would say, uh, "You're never gonna you're never gonna get this done. If you want to just focus on one thing, you should just focus on one platform and make it good. And it probably sounds like it's already gonna be iOS. So you should just double down on that and don't worry about that stuff. However, I also I've, you know sometimes. Sometimes, like, technology has this, this um, life cycle where you learn it and it seems crazy and impossible and broken and stupid. And then you, and then you, you, you start to master it and you start to learn how to do tricks with it that are really cool. 
then you start of sort of transition into a maintenance mode where it doesn't do all the things you maybe some of the other stuff does or the newer things but you know what you know how to make it work you know how to massage it to do what you need to do and you're starting to produce a pretty great great product in fact better than some of the other stuff is and then then I think after a long time, it then again transitions into I effing hate this, I resent this, it's not capable. But I, I wonder if you get stopped at the, uh, this is crazy, it's not going to accomplish everything I needed to do, I don't know if this is supportable phase. Instead of pushing through that and getting into the maintainable, yeah. I can make it work and ship a fairly good product with it phase, and then deciding if you want to continue with it. But you might just have to ship something. And then support it, and you might just have to ship something where you are forced to actually make it work, so you're forced to come up with the solutions to make it work and do that a few times, and then once you've accomplished that, then you'll have your answer. But until you've done it, maybe you won't have your answer. What do you think? Yeah, I mean, part of it, too, is I haven't shipped an app, like, first party in years now, so I really want to do that, and I... You sound like somebody hasn't dated. Like, I haven't been on the market in a long time, and I'm just not sure what, like, what the sure. scene's like out there and, like, what people are into anymore. Like, you know, a couple of years ago, it would have been no-brainer to do it iOS, right? And I, in a, in a weird way, I feel like I'd be further. Um But I, I don't know. Well, you would, because you, you would, because a thousand decisions would be made for you. How are you like everything from what's your IDE potentially is is made for you to how are you going to charge for it? Because if you wanted to, you could throw it up on your website and use Stripe and you could write your own checkout system and then people could download an APK and sideload it to their Android device. Right. That's a possibility. If you choose to make it for iOS. Right. But but that is a choice you could make. If you choose iOS, that choice is made for you. Right. And that is good in the sense that guess what? You just move right on to the next choice. Uh, but it's bad in the sense that it prevents you for any future flexibility. This is a matter that you continue to bump up against, even on which platform you want to use or develop for. And that's why I think what you got to do is go all in. Kind of like when you can't decide if you're going to be with that person, and then you just decide, all right, I'm going to try. I'm going to make a leap of faith. That's what you got to do, Mr. Dominic. you got to make a leap of faith. Just go for it. Yeah, and Rotten yeah. Corpse in the chat room says you ought to shoot for uh, Windows Mobile. Obviously. I mean, BlackBerry is the obvious choice. I don't know how we didn't get there either. <laughs> so here's my concern, mm-hmm. right? Here's my concern. Okay. It it launches, or actually my real fear is, because I, I'm thinking about it, the odds of me getting 98% of the way or 90% of the way there and then refusing to launch it are pretty low, right? Because the reality of today's app store, today's market is you're better off launching seeing if it gets any traction and then worrying about the a little more you know any niggling issues that aren't really functional I hate to say this as an Android user who has an SX and I would love to see just first class Android apps but in a way like if you release for iOS and then you build up demand then you get to say Look at us. We're responding to customer demand. Here's your Android version. And you get to be yeah, good guy. There is the whole slimy marketing way. Yeah, you get to be you get all of a sudden you're yeah. good guy Mike for making an Android version where you could have made an Android version all along. But because you didn't yeah. and it got popular yeah. on iOS and then people want it, now you're making it for them and you get to say we're making it for you, now you're good guy Mike. That feels it was that yeah, that I mean, does that work? Yeah, it man. It seems like it does. I mean I, I definitely yeah. Have you met Instagram? Oh, oh, and Instapaper, too. I were on the Instas. That worked for both of them. It was a slam dunk, right? It was, but Instapaper was years. I mean... Like, yeah, it sometimes takes that. What about uh, what about some of the Lisa Lisa Bettany's apps? I don't know if she's ever moved them over to Android, to be honest with you. She has. <laughs> she probably hasn't. It probably, you know, for her, it's all, it's all with the camera. So that kind of explains that. Which kind of makes sense. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So there is also... The, so I'm also having some scoping problems of like how hardcore do I want to go with this gee I don't know because you know should, should I be evil Chris should I be evil yeah well or part you know me, just let you voice the evil doesn't mean you are going to be yeah. evil but you could voice it part of me wonders if the actual segment this is targeting are just so overwhelmingly iPhone users that I would be better off just can, can you give me an example of what that what that segment looks like? We're talking pretty much well-to-do, artsy kind of people. 
Yeah. 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 It's, and, and we're, we're skewing younger too. So we're, I mean, I think the demo I worked up was like 26 to 35, which is pretty big, too big actually. But <laughs> what is going on in your background over there? What is that? Oh yeah, it's an air raid. I'm sorry. Yeah, is it? We're both. We both have noisy backgrounds. I'm so sorry yeah. to the audience. I it's hope. I'm so sorry to the audience. It won't stay like this forever. We apologize, but. Uh, I, I got a new air conditioner unit, and it's not as quiet as it's supposed to be. And I had to turn it on midway in the show because it, it, when it gets when it gets about eighty five, ninety degrees in the studio, I stop being able to think, and I can't actually formulate my thoughts anymore. So I had to, <laughs> I had to go turn on the air conditioner. But I'll turn it off in a minute. I apologize if it's loud in the background. I shouldn't have said anything, but uh, wow, Mike, uh, this is interesting. So will you just kind of keep us like? I mean. You're kind of giving us details and teases that kind of sound like it should be iOS specific, but I know you got some thinking to do. So, yeah, I, I, I think I think I'm going to meditate on it for a couple of days and then move. Uh, the other question is, I, and one thing that's maybe pushing me away from iOS specific probably has to be Swift because I don't know how I feel about launching an Objective C app today. Oh, I think Objective C still got plenty of life left in it. I do, but so so there's also one piece of functionality that I'm thinking about integrating with wearables, where it kind of kills the whole hybrid conversation in its tracks. Like, mm. oh yeah, that does. Yeah, that that throws a whole monkey wrench into it. <sighs> yeah, my Pebble Watch is supposed to arrive this July. Oh uh, yeah, let me let me download that SDK right now, Chris. Yeah, okay. yeah. Have you uh, have you played at all with the Apple Watch? I know you've got the Moto 360. I got one for my wife, actually. Oh yeah, that's what I did too. I got one for Ange. I don't have one she for likes me. it. She likes yeah. it. She likes it a lot. Yeah, I I tell you one thing that so it was funny because I was smug for a while because I had uh, I had Telegram uh, integration into Android Wear for a while, but like seven out of ten times it fails to actually work for like replying or dictating back a message. So much so that I haven't even worn the watch for like the last two days. Um, and then Telegram released a app for the for the for the Apple Watch, and it's like it, it's super smooth the way like the message like pops up on the screen, and then she taps one button, and then just like she doesn't even have to bring the watch up up to her face; she just talks, and and the voice recognition gets it and sends a reply back, and it, it has yet to fail. <laughs> and I'm like literally seven out of ten times. On the LG Watch R, it fails, and I just—it drives me crazy. I'm like, "What is? What is it? Why is that? What? What is the difference there? Is it—is it something wrong with my phone? Like, what is it? Why is this happening? It drives me crazy." And I got so frustrated that I haven't put it on since the weekend. So yeah, <clears throat> I'm just gonna wait. I'm gonna wait. Let them update it. Let them, because I think the hardware is okay. Let, let, let them work on the software. Yeah, I, I, so the whole wearable things. I think next generation is gonna be where it's at. Have you been playing with the Moto 360? A lot, quite a lot, actually. And how's it work? I like it. Uh, the battery life leaves a little bit to be desired. Does the uh, Moto three sixty support all the always on app screen stuff? I don't know. Okay, yeah, I don't know I don't how which ones do or not. But that's kind of nice. That's that's an area where Android Wear kind of has a leg up over Apple Watch. Is yeah. the always on, but you got to have an OLED screen, I think, for it to work. Or or, or maybe I'm, I might be talking about. Oh, okay, is that how that works? Okay. <clears throat> I don't know exactly. It's it's confusing. Anyways, Mr. Dominic, we have a couple more things to get to in today's episode of the Code Radio program, so we should probably take a moment right now, and uh, let's all thank our friends over at DigitalOcean. Now, I love DigitalOcean. Right now, my son is here in the studio playing Minecraft and is running on a DigitalOcean droplet. You know, that's really neat, because I wanted something safe for him, something that he could go explore and something I could back up myself so if he makes a mistake, I can bring him right back to where he was at. That's something, Dad. This is nice. Dad, Dad, I burned my house down. Well, son, maybe I could restore that for you. Actually, there's a lot of things you can use DigitalOcean for. One of the things I think is great about DigitalOcean is they'll follow the best and greatest open source projects like CoreOS and Docker. They were really hip to containerization from the very beginning. And so when they start to implement something like Docker or CoreOS, they really go all in. And I love that. As a developer, that means you could be sitting on your workstation or your laptop writing something in a container, and you can upload it right to a DigitalOcean droplet and have it online in just seconds. It's really slick. DigitalOcean has a very straightforward pricing plan, and I like it, too, because they even have hourly. So if you just want to do testing, they can accommodate that. And they are great. If you're not familiar with them, I understand. 
You've probably been living under a rock. DigitalOcean is a simple cloud hosting provider dedicated to making sure that you can have the most intuitive and easy way to spin up your own cloud server. You're going to have root access to it. they got HTML5 consoles. So you can watch that thing in your web browser from your phone to your desktop. Go from post all the way up to the login screen. You get started when you spin up a droplet in less than 55 seconds. And pricing plans start at only $5 a month. That'll get you 512 megabytes of RAM, a 20 gigabyte SSD, one CPU, and a terabyte. A terabyte of transfer. That's amazing. And you can one-click deploy things like WordPress or GitLab or... I mean, the list goes on and on, really. I don't need to go through all of it. It's... All of the best technologies that you hear about all the time. Like if you, if you want to start working on an application and you don't want to spend half your day setting up an Ubuntu 14.04 rig, setting up Nginx or Apache, setting up MySQL or whatever the hell you want. I don't care. Like if you don't want to do – if you don't want to spend half your afternoon doing that, DigitalOcean's got one-click deployments. You Boom. The whole LAMP stack is deployed. It's all subscribed to the updates. You just go into the machine and it's getting all the updates from the repo. It's a fully up-to-date Ubuntu rig that you can keep maintaining from that point forward. And then there's dashboard. Their dashboard is killer. They have this amazing dashboard. This is very straightforward and simple. So you can take snapshots. You can do DNS management. You can move machines around. You can transfer them if you're setting something up for a friend or a client or whatever. And that's also where you can play with all the different distros or FreeBSD. And then they have a very straightforward API where you can replicate the functionality of all of that dashboard on your own. Lots of good community apps built around that API, too, that you get to take advantage right out of the box. You don't ever have to write a line of code to take advantage of those things. And the best part is DigitalOcean has data center locations in New York, San Francisco, Singapore, Amsterdam, and a brand new one in Germany. And this one in Germany is hot. It's got 40 gigabit E connections to each hypervisor. It's their fastest SSDs yet. And that spot they picked in Germany, it's no mistake. They picked the best location to make sure all of the neighbors around Germany have the best connectivity possible. That means you can deploy your stuff over there, and people in that region are getting super fast downloads. Oh, but you know what? I forgot the best part. You can use our promo code CODERDIGITAL, and you'll get a $10 credit. You can try out their $5 rig two months for free. Woo! CODERDIGITAL. CODERDIGITAL. Try it out. That not only supports the show, but it's going to give you a $10 credit. And here's what I like about DigitalOcean. You don't even need to give them a credit card. Just go in there and apply it. And then you just fund the account. So you get $10. You can try out their hourly rig or try out that $5 rig two months for free. Maybe do own cloud. Maybe you want to de-Google for a couple of weeks. I did as an experiment. I put OwnCloud up on a DigitalOcean droplet. Why not? One-click deployment of Ubuntu. A couple of more clicks, you got OwnCloud. Seriously, it's really easy to get going. There's tutorials. they got great tutorials. And then you just try it for a little bit. And when you use our promo code, CoderDigital, $10 credit, try it out. Make it a two-month experiment. Why not? It's a good learning experience, if nothing else. DigitalOcean.com and use our promo code, CoderDigital. And a big thank you to DigitalOcean for sponsoring the Coder Radio program. All right, Mr. Dominic, and we have some great emails that came into the program from last week. I mean, really, 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 really top-notch. The best one ever. Actually, I just only put one in here. Uh, But uh, I did have one thing to touch on. Maybe we'll put it in the feedback. But before we get to that, I did want to mention a meetup that's coming up uh, on July 22nd. I'll be in Portland, Oregon. Noah and I will be at OSCON. We'll be at OSCON if you want to say hi. And then afterwards, we're going to go out. Uh, Right now, we're planning to go to Spirit of 77, but depending on how many people that come or depending on the age... We may go somewhere else. All of those details will be clearly made, uh, listed out, clearly uh, all there, and with comments and all of that. In fact, there's already a comment thread going uh, over at uh, meetup.com slash Broadcasting. If you're in the Portland, Oregon area and you can make it on July 2nd, I'd love to say hi to you. We're going to be at the Spirit of 77 at 5 p.m. We'll be at OSCON before that. You don't have to go to OSCON to come say hi to us. Just go to meetup.com slash Broadcasting to see more. This is the last OSCON in Portland, so this is probably the last time we're going to do a meetup. Uh, this time of year in Portland. Probably last time we'll go to Portland for a little while because we have a pretty busy schedule. So if you're going to be in the area, meetup.com slash Jupiter Broadcasting. And uh, please RSVP for the OSCON meetup so we can uh, figure out where we really want to go. Right now we're going to Spirit of 77 Bar. Mr. Dominic, I think what would be good for you is to fly out here and rest in the beautiful Pacific Northwest where it's been like 90 degrees every day for like the last week. And, but it's, it's pleasant. And then uh, relax and recharge. Anyway, if you can convince my wife to let me out of the house, <laughs> good luck. Uh, one uh, one email I just had to get to. I loved it. <clears throat> Actually, I was hearing uh, my my uh, my Pismo uh, discussion. I guess you could call it. I don't know what you want to call it. My 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 Pismo drooling uh, last episode. I was hearing it on playback, and Matt writes in. He says, "Hi, Chris. I still use a, a Pismo. This is these are like." 
powered PC laptops I talked about last week, but they were really interesting and well-built. We're talking about how some of the best laptops were the ones previously built, like, years ago. He says he still runs it with OS X 10.2, and he listens to podcasts on it. A few years ago, he bought Office 2004 and used this Pismo to make notes on lectures and coding in VBA for Excel. I'm not an Apple fan, but this is the best laptop I have ever used. My current T400 is good, but the keyboard is less comfortable and access to the inside of the computer is horrific. Matt from Poland. That's exactly it, Matt. You get me. Matt gets me. You see? I love it. The Pismo. All right. Then we had one more email. I know you don't have a lot to say, but the there's a few people that wanted to hear our thoughts on it. Uh, so it, uh, it came into the show. Let's see. Uh, it, it was a topic that was a uh, shocker here, submitted to the Coda Radio subreddit. Uh, he says, Chris and Mike... I'm sure a lot of the community would appreciate you guys commenting on the recent Reddit tobacco with Ellen Powell and the rest of the administration. How do you feel about the blackout, the, the headbutting of the mods and administrators, uh, and the viability of vote as a Reddit alternative? A lot in there. I don't know how much you want to unpack from that, but did you want to take anything out of that? Like, the, what did you uh, – did you did, were you able to follow any of this? Uh, no, during I your... wasn't. Mm. Yeah, I wasn't. So what, it, what happened? Like, the internet's on fire. So uh, uh, Reddit, Reddit – Reddit has a new CEO, and there's been okay. a lot around that. Uh, and there's been there's been some people in the community, like some of the more popular subreddits that you know are really the profit centers for Reddit that are not really getting along very well. And one of the more important people to the Reddit community was let go from the Reddit office. And as a revolt, as a response to that uh, thing, you know, AMA, the you know, a lot of really huge popular sites, the R Science subreddit, all went private, went offline, essentially cutting off Reddit from any ad revenue from those sites, and some of them posted a big, you know, protest newsletter. Uh, and then Reddit had to do a lot of PR for it, got, a, you know, a lot of coverage, they had to do a lot of make goods, and some of the subreddits came back online, and once a few came back online, most of them came back online. Uh, and it was really, uh, it was some people saying, well, Reddit's taking advantage of us. Uh, it's, you know, I, I think this is one where I have a really tough... Uh, I have a really tough – I have a tough time with this because sometimes I think sometimes these people just were flying too close to the sun and they got too close to the company and they were so maybe – you know, they didn't really so have – So someone got fired? That's the whole problem here? Yeah. Well, no, that was the that was the straw that broke the camel's back. Now, okay. Rotten Corp says the AMA subreddits did not privatize as a protest. They did it as desperation. The rest of the subs exaggerated the situation into a protest. And so this gal that was fired – she was like the best liaison between the AMA subreddit, which the AMA subreddit, it gets celebrities. Like, it's a really big deal. It's what gets Reddit in the news all the time. And uh, so it's a really important subreddit. It's probably one of the most important. And, uh, and so they had a representative in the company who would go between the moderators of that subreddit and Reddit uh, administration. And she was the one that was let go. So that's that's why they did it quote quote unquote out of desperation. You have I mean you actually what did you say on the pre-show? I I, I guess you weren't very surprised, were you? No, I, I wasn't terribly surprised. I mean, because this stuff happens. I didn't know what the issue was, but on all these kind of community sites, right? The, they get sold. The new owners, you know, it's a different set of rules, right? I guess I don't understand why this isn't you know that it is owned by a media company now they need to make money they don't care about you know like like you're expecting a for-profit company to care about principles yeah you're expecting a you're expecting a multinational company to understand the value of some anonymous contributor to a website like we well, understand it, but how can you expect well, those? Well, not only that, though, from a legal perspective, again, not a lawyer, but allowing anonymous uh, activity is actually your liability as the company. Well, I don't know how right? anonymous some of these mods are, but you get my point. They're well, I doubt to they the, are, to, but, but, but they yeah. are to these executives, right? They're they're, they're, right. they're just usernames to these executives. Let's not, we won't say anonymous. They're usernames. Might as well be anonymous. They're not real people right. to them. Of course, an IMA is uh, the IAMA is the most uh, profitable, one of the most top profitable. It's it's got celebrity status, so uh, I always find it interesting because I look at this from the lens of an open source follower. Where I think, could you imagine like a big open source project kind of being taken hostage by its community? Um, 
because sometimes yeah there's such a disconnect there I, you know what I want I, I, because to me I'm kind of in Mike's camp this doesn't surprise me at all this seems kind of natural uh, it seems so natural that business types would think hmm well that's kind of a uh, that's kind of a wild west that reddit so what we need to do is we need to encourage that Wild West nature, but we need to make sure all of the business aspects of it are taken care of. So we'll bring in somebody to run the business, and we'll bring in a business type to run all the business stuff, and she'll be a liaison between the Wild West and us. And, of course, they brought in a business type who's completely disconnected from how communities work. She's never ran a business before. And this is, it, it is, unfortunately, exactly what happens when one of the founders of the company leaves and the company that bought them brings in somebody from. I don't need to get into it. it that's my opinion. I'd well, like to hear the audiences. It's, it's, you can't, you, you know, take the whole community aspect out, right? Whenever any company gets bought, because Reddit had this weird thing where moderators, yeah, they're not employees technically, right? They're not. Right. Because, yeah, because I'm a mod on one of the subreddits and I'm not, I don't get paid for it. But it, you do, you can be removed. By Reddit, can't you? Yeah, I would assume Reddit could just unprivatize these subreddits if like, they I wanted know there's, to. I know there's like just funny inside baseball. For some reason, DominicM.com is marked as spam on everything. I think we're watching. I, I think we're watching. Like, we watched this happen to Dig, and now it's like we're watching it happen. To this Reddit. is exactly what I was gonna say, right? You you get two two mods who like just override each other. But I've never. I did Dig actually did the corporation actually remove people so rotten corp says there was there was four admins that the community liked and three of them were fired in the past month including a guy who started the reddit gift system the uh, the uh, the which is actually a really cool system uh rekai says the flip side is that the thing is that makes their product profitable is those anonymous people it's their interest to make those people it's in their interest to make those people happy and listen to their community they're screwing themselves more than anything i know that's always the fascinating thing about when a community revolts it's usually because the, com- the company isn't doing something in their best interest and the community knows it well, Reddit, Reddit only makes money on ads and those little uh, gift things, And right? gold, Reddit gold. Gold. Hey. I mean, I don't understand this. I, I feel like there's... Because the way it sounds is, you know, this person woke up, said, you know what, I don't like these people, they're fired. I feel like there's more to this equation than, than meets the eye. There has to be. Where the mods allowing inappropriate stuff, things that Mm, nope. No, no, it I wasn't mean, the mods that were let go. It was people in Reddit that were let go. Oh, these were the actual employees. Were yeah, let go. yeah. I know. I, I, I opened it up. Go to coderadio.reddit.com. I know people yeah. there have an opinion. Let us know. Coderadio.reddit.com. Yeah, That's and, the and format. Explain, That's the form. Please explain these interwebs to me because I'm clearly lost. You feel like an old man right now? Heart attacks? Don't understand the I, Reddits? Yeah, it's, it's it's not been a great week. It's Monday. <laughs> oh, Mr. Dominic, if we if we want to follow up on you throughout the week and see if you're surviving, where would we go? Riverwood Hospital. No, I'm kidding. Um, go to just follow at Buccaneer Tech on Twitter or at Dominico on Twitter. Oh, I like that. Yeah, at Buccaneer Tech or at Dominico, of course. You can follow me. I got a new Twitter account, same username, but it's a new account at Chris Las. You can follow the network at Jupiter Signal. We tweet about live shows and releases. Also, if you'd love to join us live and hang out in our IRC chat room, go to jupiterbroadcasting.com slash calendar to find out when the Coda Radio Show is live. We do it at noon Pacific, 3 p.m. Eastern, jblive.tv. All right, everybody. Thanks so much for tuning this week's episode of Coda Radio. Oh, one more thing. Please go to jupiterbroadcasting.com slash contact. Send us in some emails. Give us some feedback. We'd love to read them. All right. See you right back here next week.